All right, Ramily, welcome back to the Mob Squad Pod. This is episode 21, presented by Blue Wire Hustle. And uh, this week, we got me, and we got Aaron. What's up, Aaron? Hello, Nick. Hello. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, for those of you wondering where Manny is, Manny is currently in Baltimore. Uh, so, he's in Beemore doing who knows what, but he's doing uh, big things, and he's busy, so he won't be able to join us this week. Um, we're unfortunately going to be covering the week eight game against the dolphins. Um, there was a game, there was was a game. I mean, it wasn't much of a game for the Rams. Apparently, um, you would have thought that they did like zero prep or research or whatever for this game because it looked terrible out there. I mean, it really did. Uh, If you look at the stat line, it looks pretty amazing aside from. Yeah, what's funny is yeah, what's funny is if you look at the box score and the stat lines, uh, and you didn't look at the scores, you would automatically assume you would you would you know look at the numbers and you'd say, well, the Rams had a lot of turnovers, but literally every other part of the game they pretty much dominated, so the Rams had to have won this game. Uh, that wasn't the case at all, and the final score was a little bit closer than it probably even should have been. That's probably misleading because the Rams really had no business being anywhere close in this one. Um, in my opinion, it, it was that bad. Before we get into, you know, the nitty gritty stuff, what was your kind of, I guess, takeaway from this game as far as, you know, when you were watching it and kind of your feelings afterwards? Yeah, watching the game, um, Looking at how high the score was getting on the Dolphins side versus the Rams side, I was like, what is going on? The defense for the Rams I thought was playing outstanding, but somehow the offense was, they they were getting a lot of yards um, throughout the game, but for some reason they were still losing by a lot and those turnovers were killer i mean they had and then the special teams too with the punt return um the the turnovers special teams were just an absolute disaster for that for the rams overall and it really blew them blew the game for them i mean that was 21 unanswered points with regards to the turnovers and then you got the punt return so i mean what is that all of the almost all of miami's points Almost. <laughs> um, yeah, certainly yeah. Uh, Tua, uh, that he provided almost nothing, um, which I'm not going to say I told you so. It's literally one game, but I'm, I've am i been on record on this podcast as being a, not a Tua guy. But yeah, his performance left a lot to be desired if you're a Dolphins fan. He literally provided them nothing and did nothing for them. Um, he got a touchdown pass. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> uh, I think that was what, like a seven yard pass or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't a whole lot. Uh, I'll have to pull up his actual stat line. It wasn't much, but uh, you kind of have to think at this point that the common denominator that we had brought up last week about Brian Flores being on the Patriots staff when they pretty much shut down the Rams' offense in the Super Bowl, and now seeing what this Dolphins team did this past Sunday you kind of have to think that there's something there. You have to figure that where there's smoke, there's fire. And 
Brian Flores just might have the answer to Sean McVay's offense. There, there has to be something there because the Rams offense, while they did put up some impressive numbers, they didn't put up the points. And like you said, Aaron, they had a ton of turnovers. They actually had four in the first half, which is uh, the most in the NFL so far this season four first half turnovers. And that's not a stat you want to really lead in. But nope. the Ram- the Dolphins did get up to that 28-7 lead. And even though the Rams defense, like you mentioned, came up big and played phenomenal, they pitched another shutout in the second half. It was yeah. still too much of a deficit. And now, instead of going into their bye week at 6-2, and two, they're going to be going into the bye week at 5-3, and three, which is just, it's, for me, super painful because – I think I was feeling along the same lines as you when I was watching the game, which I feel like this is becoming a theme because the past couple of weeks when I've been watching the games, I just find myself getting really angry and I'm watching the TV going, what the hell are we doing? I I just, I don't get it. And I know it's not just me and it's not just you because I go on Twitter and I watch all the football shows afterwards. And it's literally everybody saying the same thing. The formula was so easy, and we all, we touched on it last week. The Rams have a top 10 rushing game. The Dolphins were 30th against the rush. So what are we doing here? I mean, it's that simple. You run the ball. There's no need to do all kinds of elaborate passing schemes and all this other stuff. Run the ball. You've got three very capable running backs, and as we have saw in this game again, we like to use our running, our wide receivers as running backs as well. Uh, Robert Woods had a rushing touchdown. Uh, Cooper Cup gets rushing attempts. So we, we can run the ball, and we're very good at it. So the, the fact that Jared Goff threw the ball 60-plus times is kind of a joke. It's, it's, I don't know where that came from, but that was my big takeaway from the game was just watching, and every time we got the ball – thinking okay this is the drive where we stop being cute and we just run the ball and that just never happened so I I don't know if you picked up on that as much as I did I'm sure you did but that was my thing was why the hell aren't we running the ball yeah you bring up an amazing point there I mean Goff had I don't even remember how many passing attempts just in the first half but a lot of those turnovers or I think what all of the turnovers were uh, due to golf and his yeah. passing or his fumbling. Yeah. And I mean, if they wouldn't have put the ball in Goff's hand for the majority of the game and started handing that ball off a lot more early on, they would have probably potentially uh, limited a couple, if not all of those turnovers. But I feel like they went in with the scheme of we're going to throw the ball. This is going to be a passing game versus, hey, we're going to run this down down their throats. Um, yeah. And then before you know it, 21 to seven, <laughs> it got out of control. And, and then two, just looking at, I was looking at Tua's, uh, stats. He threw for 93 yards on 22 attempts. His longest completion was for 15 yards. So, I mean, the Rams secondary did, I mean, they did their job. Um, and I think he had a fumble if I remember correctly, because Aaron Donald smashed him. <laughs> yeah, that was literally was like awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was literally like the first snap of his NFL career. Poor I think it was guy. Aaron Donald and Michael Brockers gave him the old sandwich oh, attack. Man. And that ball came out real quick. <laughs> yeah, it did. 
Oh, I was and laughing when that, I saw that. Yeah, and that set me up for failure because as soon as that play happened, I got super pumped. I was like, here we go. Called it. We're going to dominate this game. Oh, yeah. This isn't even going to be close. And I was super, super high. And then it was just by halftime, I was I was done. Yeah, I, I was I was kind of broken at that point. Yeah, it it got out of hand fast. Well, I remember I I messaged you and Manny. I was like, "What is going on?" And you're like, "I already turned it off. I'm so pissed." <laughs> I don't know if you turned <laughs> yeah, it back on. Yeah. But... No, I didn't. Like, I literally at halftime I turned the game off because I was so mad and I was so disappointed because I can't think. I'm sure this is just recency bias. I'm sure there's other games, but I can't think of another game off the top of my head for the Rams where I just knew going into this game that we were going to win. And the formula to win was so easy. You didn't need to be like a huge football guy or an X's and O's guy or anything like that. All you had to do was just look at the numbers. It was right in front of you. One team rushes the ball really well and the other team can't defend the rush. Super simple. And so for me, I, I just couldn't take it anymore. It was just like, I don't know what the hell we're doing, but I am not watching this anymore. So, yeah, I, I was officially tuned out. I was done. I started watching Red Zone and uh, that <laughs> yeah. kind of burned me, too, because even when I was watching Red Zone, they were like, oh, we're going to go back to the Rams Dolphins game. And every time they cut back to the game, it was the Rams screwing something up. <laughs> whether it, whether it was another fumble or an interception or you know it was just something bad and i was like i can't escape this it's just following me so yeah. I, that game w was just pain all the way around uh getting into some of the numbers and the stats it's not really pretty like i like we said at the top looking at some of these numbers if i read these numbers off to you you would assume that these numbers were flipped the Rams had 456 yards of offense, 456. The Dolphins, on the other hand, had 145. Okay, huge discrepancy there. The Rams had 30, 3 0, 30 first downs. The Dolphins had eight, eight first downs total. Look down at your hands. You have more fingers, more than likely. More fingers than the Dolphins had first downs in that entire game. That's crazy. Here's the problem, though. The, the Rams had four turnovers. That's a big problem. But the Dolphins had two. So at least, you know, we got two back. So at least there's that. And then the final score, Rams 17, Dolphins 28. If you factor in all of those things, even with the four turnovers, it still makes no sense it kind of boggles the mind how the Rams lost. And to even put this into more perspective, this is great. Listen to this. The Rams are just the second team in NFL history to gain at least 450 yards, allow less than 150, and still lose. The other team was the 2000 Jets. I'm sure we all remember the 2000 Jets. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that was the Vinny Testaverde Jets, but I could be mm -hmm. wrong. I think you're right. Uh, uh, the other was the 2000 Jets who lost that game to the Ravens. So good company, good company to be in. Um, I, I don't, I don't know how I feel about the team right now. Um, after this game, Aaron, I'm I'm kind of curious what your 
stance is on the team. Are you, I guess, if we were to have three options here, like one of them being no big deal at all, one being slightly worried, and the other one being really worried, uh, how do you feel about the team going forward after this loss? I am, I would say I am slightly worried. Um, I wouldn't say I'm highly worried quite yet because I still think the defense is playing relatively decent. Um, But when I look back at who the Rams have beaten this year, Dallas, Philadelphia, the Giants, the Redskins, I'm not impressed. Uh, Even the Bears, I mean, that's their, I would say their best win. And the Bears are still questionable in my book. Um, yeah. Got beat by the 49ers, who I think are kind of falling apart, and the the Dolphins. <laughs> they got handed yeah. to the Dolphins. So, um, and then Buffalo, they're getting blown out when magically they came back and made that that run. So I really don't know how I feel about this team quite yet. Um, a couple weeks ago, I was feeling a lot better. <laughs> or just yeah. before the 49ers game, I was feeling a lot better. Yeah. Right I now. Think, yeah. I'm nervous. I think I think we're all kind of right there. And uh, I'm right there with you as far as I'm not completely overboard. I'm not really worried. I am a little bit worried, though, because like you said, our wins have all come against bad teams. I think we could all agree that objectively speaking, the teams we've beaten are bad teams. They're not going to make the playoffs. They're not good. Um, And the teams we've lost to, the 49ers were really hurt that game. They're even more hurt now. But they were really hurt that game, and we probably shouldn't have lost that one. This Dolphins game definitely shouldn't have been a loss. So we're at a point now where the questions are going to start being asked, especially after this bye week. If we lose again, and the next game is against Seattle, which is obviously in division, and we really need this win, and it's at home. So if we lose this next game, the questions are definitely going to start coming up, and I think people are going to start saying, well, the Rams are fake, they're frauds, don't need to worry about them. Uh, So I think that's kind of where we are right now. Uh, I don't know how you could look at everything and not be worried, honestly, because like like you said, the teams we beat just, they're not good wins. They're, They're against teams that we all know you should beat anyway. So we don't know if this team is really good or not. So um a couple more notes about the game again none of these are really that great but the Rams offense was on the field for 36 minutes 36 minutes and 29 seconds compared to 23 minutes and 31 seconds for the Dolphins again another huge discrepancy uh the the Rams actually had a ton of opportunities on offense and they ran a total of 92 plays 92 which is the most the Rams have run in a game since week nine of the 1996 season. So, 90, 92 plays. How many yeah. of those were passes? Uh, I, Against me, the 30th worst run Yeah, team. I think it was 62, 61. I just pulled it up. It's, it was 61. So, yeah, that's, again, inexcusable. Just unbelievable how that was a thing. And since we're on that note, I found another interesting stat. Since 2017, including the playoffs, the Rams are 5-7 and seven when Goff attempts more than uh, 40 or more passes, 0-2 oh when he attempts more than 50, and 0-2 oh when he attempts more than 60. 
So it's not a huge sample size, but I think there's enough there that you can tell the recipe for success for Jared Goff and for Sean McVay is to run the ball and the success off play action is kind of where they're going to make their money. There is no reason for this team to run or to pass any more than 40, 50, especially 60, God forbid 60. I, I don't even know 50, how that is a thing, but yeah, yeah that, that's just not in our DNA. That's not how we're going to win games. Um, Cooper cup was obviously Goff's favorite target on Sunday. He was targeted 21 times, which is a hell of a lot. Uh, that's four more than any other time in his career. He had 11 receptions off those targets, uh, which was a career high. And he turned those catches into 110 yards. So obviously he was one of the bright spots of the team. The, I think Aaron, you had mentioned this earlier, the dolphins longest offensive play was a 15 yard completion to Jakeem Grant. So yay dolphins on your 15 yard completion. Good for you. <laughs> yep. To a time hashtag to a time. Uh, Miami's longest drive was just 33 yards, which did result in a touchdown. I think that was the one that Aaron, you had mentioned earlier. Uh, each of the Dolphins' six drives in the second half resulted in punts, and none of them were longer than 27 yards. In total, the Dolphins punted nine times. I'm As you're reading this off, I'm just shaking my head in disbelief that the Rams still lost this yeah. game. I don't yeah. understand it, how that happens. Yeah. It's literally an anomaly. It literally makes no sense. It makes no sense, which is why I had to turn the game off at halftime because my brain and my frustration and my anger, I couldn't like comprehend it. And I was like, <laughs> I'm going to pass out. I don't know what's happening, <laughs> but I can't watch this. I'm going to pass out. So yeah, it makes no sense. Um, a couple other no. bright spots for the Rams aside from Cooper cup, Taylor Rapp really showed up for this game. He had four tackles. He had a pass breakup and he had a forced fumble. And obviously, Aaron Donald, we had already talked about it. He had four tackles. He had that sack, resulted in the forced fumble. He also had a tackle for loss. So a couple bright spots in there, but overall, a lot, I think. I think Sean McVay has got a lot of explaining to do when it comes to this bye week and it comes to the next game against Seattle. He needs to have not just a good game. He needs to have, like, a good month. He needs to show the fans and everybody else that he's not overthinking this and this whole genius title that's been given to him was kind of like a fake thing or a fraud thing um i don't know how you feel about sean mcveigh but me personally i'm starting to get a little bit worried just a little bit because i feel like some of these play calls are super questionable and i don't know if he's overthinking it and overcomplicating it or if he just thinks that his play calls and his offense is so damn hot that it doesn't matter what the defense does, we're going to win regardless. And I think we've seen that that's just not the case. Uh, so I guess as we kind of wrap up here, I'll ask you what your thoughts are on Sean McVay kind of going forward. Do you, do you think that uh, there's anything to worry about there? Are, what are your thoughts on the play calling? Kind of give me just a general feel. Yeah, I I am a little I I would say I'm slightly concerned with Sean McVay's play calling as of recent. Um I already kind of questioned where the Rams are going to be to start this year. 
anyways, just by the adjustments they had to deal with. But I was more concerned with the defensive side. I wasn't as concerned with the offensive side. But now as the season's playing on, I'm not nearly as worried about the defensive side, and I'm definitely more worried about the offensive side. Uh, I don't know. We discussed it and we hit it multiple times. I don't understand why Sean McVay felt it was necessary to throw the ball 60-plus times for this game. I think you make a very good point in that these next four weeks, I would even say start with this first week against the the Seahawks. This is going to be a huge game. I think he really needs to he needs to do a lot better preparation and a lot better play calling for this game against the Seahawks. They need to I feel like this is a must win. I know it's not really a must win, but it feels like a must win for me. No, this I'm is right very there important. with you. No, I'm right there with you. I feel like this game is a must win. It's at home it's against a division opponent, and we've already seen the first game we had against a divisional opponent was not good. So I'm right there with you. I feel like this is a must win. Honestly, if we lose this game, I'm going to be really concerned, really concerned. Yeah, and I feel like the Rams do the best when they they manage the ball better with between run and pass, run and pass. Um, we saw the first couple games of the season – they were running it quite frequently and they were switching it up. A lot of different players were running the ball and, uh, and they're doing, they looked like a lot more efficient of an offensive team last week against the dolphins. It was just pass, 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 pass. Uh, it really lacked that diversity between the run and the pass. Like the, the Miami's defense really didn't have to adjust too much seeing that golf was throwing it most of the time. So I like to see some more balance between the run and the pass going forward because the Rams do have a, they have three decent running backs. Um, Henderson's really starting to step it up. Um, they haven't really got acres fully going yet, but they have a lot of running backs that are capable of gaining some yards, start using them more frequently. Yeah. This game in Miami was actually the first time that we've actually gotten to really see cam Akers on the field and see what he can do. He actually had, nine carries for 35 yards, which ended up being 3.9 yards per carry. Um, The uh, caveat, I guess, that comes with that was the only reason he really saw that much action was because Daryl Henderson had to leave the game a little bit early with, uh, uh, I believe it was a thigh injury. So it wasn't because Sean McVay had an epiphany and he was like, hey, let's get Cam Akers in there and see what he can do. It was because there was a little bit of an injury issue, but he finally got to come on the field and we got to see him play and it looked like he uh, has got some talent and got some skills. So we'll see what happens going forward, but I definitely agree with you. I feel like this game after the bye is a must win, uh, especially because it's after a bye. Um, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I guess if you were going to, you know, revisionist history and, and place the bye somewhere, you couldn't put it in any better place than this week because if you're going to have a horrible loss like you just had, you probably want a week off to get your mind right and then go into a home game, play your divisional opponent, and put up a good show. So um, we'll see what happens. The Seattle team is proving to be pretty good. Their defense is still pretty questionable, but uh, Jamal Adams is... Uh, slated to come back, I think, this weekend and play. That's a huge boost for them. 
They also traded for Carlos Dunlap, so it'll be interesting to see if he provides anything on the defensive line. Uh, and then, of note, I guess, before we finish up here, it's good to note that after this game in Seattle, we have to go back to the East Coast. We have to go play Tampa. Tampa's had a really good season. Their defense has kind of been... I mean, I didn't see that coming. Their defense was atrocious last year. Their defense this year has been really good. Yeah, so we're gonna have to we're gonna have to play uh, TB12 in TB, and that's Monday Night Football. Then we get to come back to the West Coast, and we get to play the 49ers. So this next month is gonna be really critical for I think where we are at the end of the season. Whether we're in a really good spot and we have a potential home game for the playoffs, or we're kind of struggling or, you know, something like that. I feel like these next this next month is going to kind of be that make or break. Uh, I think we could all agree in any sport, especially football, because you only play once a week. It's not like baseball where you play every day and momentum can kind of go either way. But you play once a week. Momentum is really big. So if they could kind of come out of the bye, get a win and maybe get another win on the road in Tampa or at least beat the 49ers and kind of come out of this stretch two and one I, I think that's probably the ideal scenario so we'll see um we'll actually we'll have a, another episode you know next week and we'll do a seattle preview and we'll kind of dig deep into that but for this week i think we'll call that a wrap i think that was as good of a recap as we can do considering <laughs> the loss and everything that kind of came with it was there any final notes or anything you wanted to throw out there and before we get out of here no, okay. <laughs> I have nothing else to add. Yeah, yeah, I, I think we pretty much covered everything. I don't know what there else is to cover. So next time we come to you guys, we'll be previewing the Seahawks game. Uh, try to wash out your eyes and forget this whole Rams game even happened. Uh, good vibes only. And we'll be good to go come week, what, 10? Yeah, come week 10, I believe. So Thanks for listening as always, guys. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon.